Here's the situation. In the future, you become the foremost authority on the pop culture of your time, and they have a specific assignment for you. And we'll get back to that nearer to the end of the show. I'm Rush Howell. I'm TJ Jagodowski. And this is Here's the Situation, a real podcast about hypothetical uh, scenarios. And and this week's theme, TJ, yeah, is I uh, really stretched it on this one, <laughs> trying to come up with a little double pun uh-huh. theme. But it is Madagascar or Mad at Gas Cars. And that's really the only place you can go when you start with Madagascar. That's There's right. There's really only one place you yeah, can go. Didn't need to start with Madagascar, yeah. just did, and then had nowhere else re- really to go. And for those of you who have been regular listeners, this is the first time we've recorded in the summertime and the first time we've recorded in the daytime. So you may hear, I, and I hope, I hope you don't, uh, the, the, the slight hum of the air conditioning, and I hope you don't, and birds chirping for the first time, as usually we do this at yeah, night. Well, that's pleasant. That's like a stereotypically hope, yeah. pleasant uh, sound. Right. If you can just rule out our voices, that might just be a nice, relaxing soundtrack of a there slow hum and, a, and birds. And I will, uh, I will note, um, because we've been asked a couple of times, I, I don't know what scenarios TJ is going to pose to me. Too true. And nor does TJ know which ones I'm going to pose to him, although occasionally... Uh, there is some overlap. Um, but with that said, uh, here we go on Madagascar or Mad at Gas Cars. And uh, I will start with um, one about, kind of about Madagascar, not really, but th- I was <laughs> informed by that uh, concept. So here's the situation. You are bestowed a private island. Mm. It's quite large, and it has basically anything you want on it. You've got a nice house. It can be a mansion. It can be a beach house. It can be whatever you want. Okay. It takes three hours for you to get to this island. Mm -hmm. The island has really good temperate weather generally, but also uh, can have different weather from time to time. You can see that on weather reports, et cetera. Um, And again, anything you want there is there. Mm -hmm. There's one caveat, which Mm -hmm. is no other humans are allowed on the island at any point in time ever. Nor can you have any companionship in the form of a pet. Okay. My question to you is, how many days on average per month do you spend at your private island? Again, takes three hours to get there, three hours to get back. On average, one. Okay. Maybe one. So, yeah, perhaps a, a week and a half a year. All right. And are you doing it... What what are the situations that arise where you're like, okay, I need some private island time? Um, maybe uh, Beth and I get into a huge fight. Okay, and it's best if I'm not, I'm not around. Um, I I always hold out hope that oh, I'll want to write something at some point, and I'll sure. go somewhere and spend like a week just hunkered down, writing. You know, writing to be determined because I, I it, I've never done it. Um, but uh, like. It, w- it will, I think, never be for a getaway, like a pleasure getaway, because I'd always want to be with someone. Uh, I guess the other thing is, oh boy, like if I lost someone really dear to me and I just wanted to go somewhere and use my private island to mourn, I yeah, guess that's like the escape a little bit. worst use of a, of a tropical paradise. Um, hey, I don't know. It's not so bad. But I think like uh, it would have to be a situation where heavy duty want to be alone with my thoughts, get out of, you know, get out of Beth's way or, um, or um, do something very private, like, like, right. And I, you know, it just, I, I would just devote myself to that. 
follow-up is what sort of things do you think you'd have on your island Ooh. that might be more idiosyncratic to you? I mean, everyone's going to have a nice kitchen. Yeah. Everyone's going to, ha- you know, maybe have all sorts of stuff. But what are a few things that you think I'm for sure going to have? Like, for instance, I'd have uh, I'd have a golf course, but I might have like a racetrack where uh-huh. I can, because when am I, when am I ever going to like go drive a car around a racetrack? Yeah. But I might do that there. See, like one of my favorite things would be would be to like, I love shagging flies and hitting baseballs. Just sucks so bad by yourself. Yeah, you, know, you could put like, a pitching machine and I'd a have full some, like, diamond. But I'd have to have like, um, I, I'd prefer to like shag flies in the hit. So I'd have to have some random action pitching machine that just like fogs balls, you know, 200, know, you 200 feet hit, away and get the in best, any direction. You can get the best <laughs> version. I mean, they make those, right? They shoot like it's the, you know, not every fly is from a fungo. Right? <laughs> I'd have, I'd have a huge garden of you know of like fresh fruits and veggies right um and that's um also something that i could do by myself that i'd be absolutely fine with just yep. like going out weeding it would have i'd have great access to um music and radio yes um, so i love to listen to talk radio i love to listen to podcasts i love listening to, to to tunes um and most like i don't really care what kind of what kind of house it is i'd have a great porch patio lounging area and a oh a place to build a fire yeah that's perfect on your island you know i'm thinking about it kind of like it's hawaii a Uh little bit in terms of uh in in terms of the the weather and so it'd be nice to sit on a porch and like watch the rain come in or hit a different part of the island that that would be nice Uh, another follow-up is so you're now married obviously to beth yep go back to your single days does your answer change at all not in terms of how much you're, you're likely to spend on your island? I'm not great alone. I, I like I like being quiet, and I don't mind being alone near someone, but I don't want to be alone way, way far away right. from people. Yeah, if you could zip there in five seconds, you'd yeah. you'd you'd put it like you'd take some hours a day yeah. and spend. Or at a neighbor island. like quarter of a mile down the road was like other people's houses and stuff. Yep. Then I know I'm not like heck. If I fall down and you know like cut my leg real bad, if I'm out. Oh no! You, Hacking you, palms you're, you're with you're my safe. machete. You're safe. I mean, it's monitored by whatever these like you know. There's like robots there. They're taking care of whatever food you gotcha. want and stuff like that. If I wish, you know, yeah. like. But if my if my you know ideal place has none of these technological advances, no. You they, know, but like, they got the robots. They're okay. watching. You can't you can't avoid the robots watching. They got to watch out for your safety and supply all the like basic needs that you have. I wouldn't use them for companionship, but I also want this island to have a lot of fauna on it. Sure. I like looking at animals watching animals seeing what they do fish birds i I won't try and make any of them my friends but um and so whatever else would make it really cool to look at those binoculars i'd want maybe um a good camera you know really easy to use because i don't know how to photograph things but you know take pictures of of the local wildlife to me photography is like billiards yeah you know it's like everyone's okay (laughs) at it and no one's actually good (laughs) and if you're actually good at pool you know you like you've played too much pool If, if the ball's by the edge of the pocket anyone can make a shot yeah exactly you know, like, and that's the bird's sitting right there you can anyone can take yeah. a shot of you're it. like hey nice photo of like <laughs> you know the grand canyon right like, oh yeah it was pretty um so for me how often are you out there so i think i think i'm going there a fair amount okay and originally i was going to say six days so basically like kind of two weekends a month and then over the course of the year probably once or twice i go out there for like a week okay and i i thought i would you know, try to use, I think I get a lot of work done there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I started to feel a little guilty about it because I thought, well, if I'm going to my private island twice a month, I should probably fly to visit my parents at least half of that time. Yeah. 
So I got to, I had to cut it All down right. from six to three, but I'm going to go out there. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to go and just be like, I'm mm-hmm. going to watch uh, every movie that I wanted to see this year in, in the first run movie theater that I've got out there. Here's a weird thing where you and I would differ. I would have no movies, but tons of access to um, television that is like live and happening. Okay. The news, sports and stuff. Because I also think I'd feel pretty secluded there and pretty far away from like right. the rest of civilization. So other things that are live and actually happening would be kind of important to yeah. me. I, see, I'm I'm pretty good about being alone. I mean, I remember going to, uh, even in high school, you know, it was kind of odd then if you went to a movie by yourself. People were like, ooh, what's what's it? Mm-hmm. But it, and I didn't do it very often. And I remember the first time I went to a movie by myself was unintentional. My friend Kate was supposed to meet me for Schindler's List, and uh, she was late, and um, we. You know, so I'm sitting there waiting, 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 and then, and then, you know, this is pre cell phones, mm. and uh, I basically was like, okay, well, I'm just going in, and I get inside in Schindler's List. It was like opening. I was on the front row because there's only you know two seats remaining in the theater, and I had to go sit on the front row, staring up at uh, with like my neck hurting, watching one of the most powerful and and moving and upsetting movies you could ever see from that close up front, um, which was a miserable experience. But since then, you know, I'm fine to go to a movie by myself. I I eat a lot of meals by myself, which I think some people think is weird or lonely or whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, I love it. You know, it gives me a chance to check up on emails or Mm -hmm. read or whatever else. Anyway, I do about six days, but three because three because I gotta I gotta get to Atlanta. Right. <laughs> Which just brings up the fact that you, maybe you should just visit your parents more hey, often. You take it easy. It took a private island for you to realize, like, hey, I should visit my folks more right. often. <laughs> it took a private island for me to be like, I probably have six days a week that I can I can spend. But again, I can work at that private island. Right. And in fact, I will probably be more productive. Yeah. All right. Well, here's the situation. You're mad at gas cars, Rush. Okay. You're mad at them. Uh, in fact, you're so you're you're furious at like all fossil fuels, but you're really mad at gas cars. And so you say to yourself, I'm going to get a Tesla, but I can't afford a Tesla. So you find this program called Match the Tesla Bar for a Tesla Car. And what you need to do is match a, one of these Nikola Tesla achievements and you'll receive an uh, a Elon Musk Tesla automobile. Oh, great. Okay. Be like, I'd love to get one. So I'd like you to put these Tesla accomplishments in the order of most likely and uh, to least likely for you to tackle to get the car. Okay. So okay. I'm just, I'm telling you, could I pull this thing off? And I don't think you're, you might not be able to, it's more than likely you won't be able to pull any of them off, but in order of like, all right, I'm going to start there. And then I'll end with with this one. There's four. You'll have four choices. Okay, cool. Sounds good. Uh, the first one is um, to get this car, uh, and you have as much time as you want to. So don't worry okay. about time. You have to discover an entirely new way to generate electricity. Great. Okay. Okay. Uh, you have to receive 278 patents. Okay. You have to receive the John Scott Medal, which is awarded to uh, inventors whose creation improved the quality of life for humankind. Just to let you know, other winners were Marie Curie, Jonas Salk, and uh, Marconi. Or you can contract and survive cholera and a nervous breakdown. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So it's you have to discover an entirely new way to generate electricity. You have to receive 278 patents. You have to win the John Scott Medal awarded for like basically improving the quality of life 
on the globe, or right. you have to contract and survive cholera and a nervous breakdown. Oh my god! So we got to contract a nervous breakdown. Um, all right, so I know uh, number one. Okay. So the one I think I'm going to say. You, you know, I'm going to rank this one first mm-hmm. for me, most likely to be able to pull off to get a Tesla. And that is, I think I can get 278 patents. No kidding. Yeah. All right. I, I don't even think it's going to be that hard. How do you go about it? Just as a curious of what you're in. What so you're remember in that I don't, I only really need to come up with like one thing mm-hmm. and then just keep making slight variations on it. Because a, lo- a ton of times, you know, I've done a few patent cases, not many, um, but, you know, it'll be like, okay, well, there's this valve that you put into tires, and we've got patent number, you know, and there's 41 patents for, like, that one just valve. having that valve a little bit oh, longer, right. a little shorter, the screw's different on it, you know. So I think if I just came up with anything, and I, I don't know what it would be, I mean, I might start with, like, you know how chapstick, like, uh, at the bottom of the chapstick, you can spin it, sure. you know? Yeah. And and this is my friend Brian's idea, so he's going to be very upset at me because <laughs> I'm stealing it. But I've always loved it. And he hadn't done anything with it for 10 years. <laughs> he's been sitting So on I'm going to give yeah. him a hard time. But it, it, at the bottom of a peanut butter jar, it would be nice if you could if you could spin it up like chapstick. Oh, okay. You know, because, like, I hate reaching into the peanut butter jar and you get your hand dirty and, uh, you know, you can't you can't dip in there. And but, can't you just put, put lids on the top and bottom? Yeah, you could. See, and there you as go. opposed to so that's a, be, moving, that's a moving platform. number two already. I already got the one that spins it up. And by the way, peanut butter is not the best example. The best example is probably like uh, uh, salsa. Okay. You know, yeah. I mean, think how many times you've like, you got the chip and you're trying to get the salsa out. Right. And there's plenty down there. But and you get your hand caught in the in the jar and then you got to smash the jar against the wall to get your hand. I know. Yeah, yeah, I know where all, you're going with this. We've all been there. We've all, I mean, so many trips to the emergency room. Um so version I, of an Aesop fable, I'm sure. Right, you know, so, like, hey, is the salsa at the bottom the sweetest? You know, like, yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's better than the like when you get like an eighth of an ounce, you know, nothing like just on the corner of your chip, and you're like, God dang it, the lonely, a lonely onion clinging to the yeah. corner of your tortilla. And people are like, when I give this idea to people, they're always like, Well, why don't you just get a bowl, you dummy, uh-huh. and pour the thing into the bowl? And mm-hmm. I'm like, Okay, you're, so you're telling me you've never had this situation? And they're like. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I have, but like I've grown up and yeah. I use bowls. I'm like, well, let's, there's plenty of people that want it. So it would, you know, I would just come up with a few stupid things. Um, or like I'd make, you know, I don't know, you could make like a slightly different pair of shorts or something and then just make a bunch of pads. It, it doesn't need to be, you know, successful. I mean, there, there are, when if you see the numbers of these patents, and I don't know that there's a patent for every single number, right? There probably isn't, but they're they're like nine digits. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a ton and ton and ton of patents. So I, I think I could actually do that. Um, it would take longer than I'm willing to do to get a Tesla, but mm-hmm. I think I could do it. Second thing I would do because I I can't do the other two. Okay, is I'm I unfortunately I'm going to have to contract and beat cholera okay. and yep. a nervous breakdown. Yeah. What scares you more of those two? The nervous breakdown. Same here. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Isn't cholera like? Uh, I mean, aren't we like we're do- we're basically done with cholera? I guess I don't know. I, I mean, like I don't know what's up with like rickets. You know, I, I heard I think polio was back. Um, I don't know where smallpox is now. I think think we got it, but it, right. it could get out there. You know. Yeah, but we've got to be done one. with cholera because there is a book or movie called Love in the Time of Cholera. So if if we're if we're still in the time of cholera, that would just be called like love now. Love now, yeah. but it was written a while ago. Nah, but they, they wouldn't. You, That's you, Gabriel you, Garcia Marquez. Or? Yeah, yeah, but you wouldn't. 
you wouldn't like distinguish time periods like that unless <laughs> cholera was gone. So anyway, I I think cholera. I would contract it and then just go in and be like, hey, I know this is goofy, but I have cholera. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, well, we want to do some tests. And I'm like, no, no, I know I have cholera. And it's I giving did me it. a nervous breakdown. I did it to get don't a Tesla. Cure, don't cure it yet. Let me get a nervous breakdown over this. Well, maybe that's where I get the nervous <laughs> breakdown is the, the doctor's like, well, we have to test you for other stuff. And I'm like, no, I know I have cholera. Um, but anyway, that would that would be terrible. The third thing I would do which I can't do either of these last two, is I would win this John Scott medal. Okay, nice. There's for no your, world in which... your patents. Yeah, there's no world in which I win the John Scott medal. Like, anything I invent is going to be worthless. Um, uh, you know, we've talked in the past, I think, about, like, if you could invent one thing uh, in the 1850s, what would you, like, oh, go yeah. back in time and invent? And the only thing I got for that is barbed wire. Barb. So I, I got no chance um, to win that medal. And then... Entirely even less of a, a chance. To generate electricity. Yeah. I mean, I think there's like a lot of really smart people trying to do that, like around the clock. Yeah. So the the idea that I would somehow, you know, wander in, I, I don't even know where I would begin on that. Um, did you have a different order? I might try and generate electricity with something. I, I, I'm guessing there's a really inefficient way to Ooh, do okay. it that people aren't even researching because, like, that's, that's worse than everything we already got, you that's know? A good point. Like, um, then I guess the patents. Then, just because I don't want to go to cholera, I, I don't even I don't even know if this is like the most my most likely route to a Tesla. But I think I'd try for this John Scott medal, and then my last resort would be having a nervous breakdown and cholera. I'm not sweating because I it feels like we should have our hands around that. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. You don't always come back from a nervous breakdown. Right. And if I do that second, then the rest are all tapioca. You know, I'm not getting to the other ones. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'm slightly misunderstanding the situation because where I, I ranked them, the four in terms of success. Well, I mean, I guess the easiest success would yeah. be getting the I'm not sure I could overcome a mental breakdown. I could do patents easier than I could overcome a mental breakdown. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I stick with my order. But in terms of like, hey, you know, for a Tesla, would I choose to do the cholera and mental breakdown before? Yeah. Try to invent electricity? No, of course. I would never, you know, I'm not going to, it's not worth a Tesla, even the the fancy one. Um, Okay. So, TJ, here's the situation. All right. Uh, You get to pick what is going to be the next big sing-along song that takes off years later, you know, after it's already been released. Okay. Years later, it becomes huge again. Like, Take, for instance, Sweet Caroline sure. was one, you know, your, your Red Sox had a big uh, influence on that. Um, Celebrate at weddings and yes. stuff, or YMCA. I mean, it was big at the time, but in stadiums and stuff as well. Right right now, a big one is Africa, when that's Madagascar gotcha. made me think okay. of this. Um, so Africa has really kind of returned to, you know, like if you're at a wedding or you're on a party bus or you're whatever you get, you're at a karaoke, people yeah. are like bigger on Africa than they were a few years ago. Yeah. And of course, I think the most famous one of these is Don't Stop Believing. Yeah. Like Don't Stop Believing was a, a fairly well-liked song that was more or less dormant. And then, I don't know, 15 I, years ago. I loathe up. this. Um, I loathe this. Uh, what is it? This occurrence, by the way. Yeah, you don't care I, for this. I hate, I hate it. Okay, well, you're going you're gonna to prefer the second half of this question, Great. but unfortunately- I, I love that people do it, that like, John Bon Jovi comes on, and either people that were like three when it came on, or 
like it's not like that song got lost that song you can find that song pretty easily but you're at like a street festival and that song comes on and people scream like it's the greatest thing that ever that's ever happened to them yeah and can't wait to like yell it at the top of their line i I hate it you don't want to be around me when don't stop believing comes on fair enough fair enough and so far it's never come up i know it's unlikely to um but so you here are the two things you get you get to pick the song that's going to be the next one yep and then you also get to take one song and guarantee it's out. Guarantee that it that that never happens to that. Okay. Either either that oh. it's not going to corrupt it for you because you like the song, or you hate the song, and so you're so glad you're not going to hear it. Like, I mean, there's no way you could have avoided "Don't Stop Believing" at least 25 times a year for the last decade. Okay. So you, you get one that you get to make kind of a, a national. Okay. Uh, kind of fun time sing along anthem, and one you get to ensure never becomes that. Okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna test my love for a song with my first answer. Okay, there's there's a song um, by King Floyd called "Groove Me" that I find one of the most listenable songs ever. If it's ever on, if it's ever come on, if it if I have my whatever I'm listening to on shuffle, and that song comes on. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it so much that I think if it was as ubiquitous as Celebrate or YMCA or Sweet Caroline, that I would still love it every time it comes on. And I think there's a lot of people who might be listening and like, I don't know that song. I've never heard of that song. Did you say Pink Floyd? No. King Floyd, Groove Me. And my my guess is from the first eight notes, you're going to hear that song and be like, oh, I know that song. Okay. That song's great. Right. I'll play it for you when we're done because right. I'm sure we don't have the rights to it and we'd get you know, sued right. or fined for playing it. Um, the song that I don't want touched is one of my other very, very favorite songs, but I think could fall into this zone where people are like, Oh, that's, you know, like, that's so catchy. It's a song called um, Save It For Later by the English Beat or in England, just the beat. Um, did you know that we add, like, there's a couple of bands like the Charlatans UK or the English Beat that there it's just the beat. Here we call it the English Beat as though there's a U.S. musical group called the Beat, you know, right. like almost like the Open. The British Open, we call it the British Open. There, they call it the Open. Right? Okay, yeah, gotcha. Um, so that that song, save it, save it for later, would be locked up. Can't touch it. Don't, don't, don't even try. And I would put King Floyd's "Groove Me" up there as the as the more ubiquitous jam. Nice. How about um, you? Because this has come up a couple of times um, that you might be the person who music plays kind of a uh, the least role in your world that i know of but it's it's yeah. not a big part of your regular living uh, well i mean i would say this like i love music mm-hmm. okay so let, let's don't get me wrong i love i love music but it is fair to say that i don't i'm just not an active like for me listening to music is an active activity which to use a i don't know double up that phrase and um most people enjoy just having music on all the time and they do it passively and and also people just think to have music on all the time mm-hmm. and I, I i that's just not an impulse that i have and then the other thing i have is a horrifically bad memory okay for music like i've wasted all that space on like sports um i would say like a song that i wouldn't mind um because i just think i mean all these like kind of power ballads from back in that that time frame seem like good ones for me for mm-hmm. everybody to be singing at a wedding. So I love more than a feeling uh by Boston and okay. and I th- yep. and I don't know whether that one's ever kind of 
uh, crescendoed um, to be one of these huge everyone singing it all the time songs. I don't think it has. And so based on that, that would be my one that I don't mind spoiling, you know, because I think um, I think that, you know, it's already kind of a little bit of a ridiculous song. So I don't mind that it would it would it would fall into that genre. And then um, I I thought a little bit and then. uh, Well, so the first thing for the ones that I didn't want is I was just like canvassing the Fleetwood Mac catalog because I love Fleetwood Mac. Uh, I'm doing I'm I'm violating what you said earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I was five or whatever when these songs came out. I didn't learn about them really until I was 20. Mm-hmm. But I just think I mean, I, I really enjoy them. And I think a ton of people come to them, of course, mm-hmm. have come to them later and enjoyed them. But I also like I have the a, most or one of the if not the most popular album of all time. Rumors yeah. is is right there with the most the most sold album of all time. Right? And that would be a top three album for me uh-huh. in terms of my favorite and one that I've listened to the most. And certainly in my twenties and thirties, I listened to that probably more than any album. So I wouldn't want anything from that, but then I could, I didn't come to like a specific song because okay. some of them have already been appropriated and, and yeah. then other ones like gypsy and other songs that I really love by them are unlikely uh-huh. for that to be a problem. And so I, I think because I knew I was going to be talking to you about it, the one that just stuck in my mind was one that you put me onto, which was, um, uh, put a little love in it by oh, Ike Riley, and I song. thought that's a great song. Yeah. It's really catchy. Yeah, that I could see people doing the Sweet Caroline too, Absolutely. and I was like, I don't want that to happen. Yep. And I also thought TJ would be really upset if that happened. That's primed for a song for like five thousand people to be singing yes. all at the same time. Don't you think? Without a doubt. And without a doubt. And I just, I you know, I could see it being a great whatever anthem to close his concert, but I don't want that to be I, that song to me is um it's also even though it's a, a good sing along type anthem it's also a very powerful song yep. at at and has you know meaningful lyrics to me and so i just wouldn't want it that's how i came up it's with one of those great songs that is like the 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 lyrics themselves are pretty sad the song itself just feels really uplifting and great exactly but yeah um and if 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 you guys have have never heard of them ike riley go ahead and look them up salesman and racist was one of the early albums sparkle in the finish but um yeah check them out because the dude makes really smart fun funny good rock and roll music yeah, and if you've never heard of Fleetwood Mac and Rumors, you should really <laughs> get on that because they need the help. They really, yeah, they've been struggling. struggling. <laughs> All right, Rush, here's the situation. Madagascar is home to roughly 60 taxa of lemurs. Okay. Cool. All sorts of different sizes, colors, and uh, and so forth. So here's the here's now now we're getting into the heart of the situation. You're allowed to pop back quickly to the original planning meeting for total animal design. Okay. All right. With with whatever gods or whatever would would be in charge of this, and you're allowed to name one more animal that is allowed to have the range of size, shape, color, texture that you see in lemurs or more commonly in dogs. Okay. So, for example, I, I I'm sure there's like a teacup dog that weighs about two pounds, and yeah. there's a dog that weighs about two hundred pounds. Yes. Cool. So you have basically like a hundred times size range right. in this great variety of dogs. Yeah. Whereas opposed to like, you kind of see a beaver, nah, just about all beavers look like a beaver, you know, just about all tigers look like, okay, that's a tiger. You know, there might be a little bit of wiggle in that. But what other animal would you put up there to have the range of, of size and differentiation that you would see in something like a lemur or a dog? Hmm. Okay. I like this. I get to, you know, take an animal I like. Oh, um, 
I don't know why. The first one that's in my mind is Bears. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. And I love like, oh, I, yeah. I, I kind of would like um, like more like cuddly friendly bears. It sure. could be a, like a koala. Oh, so yeah. if I could have a, like w- different ranges of size of koala bears and different kind of like, but but again, I'm talking about like fun bears yeah. here. You know? Well, I just, I, I think I did some quick math. I think a grizzly can get about eight feet standing up yeah so that's i think 96 inches okay so you could basically have like a 10 inch tall bear. i love this tiny bear yeah i hear um, you I hear and you. i mean i want to have like i mean mostly i'm going to have fun with like some of the small range bears uh-huh oh but, yeah but again like i don't want anything to do with a grizzly obviously a sure. polar bear kodiak bear uh any of those but i think like and I, it's probably influenced but like, there's a fair amount of tv shows cartoons that are based on like a variety of fun bears uh-huh. there's the oh, care bears yeah. absolutely there's the um uh, is the the uh, bear jamboree the jug the jug bear jamboree or right. whatever? Well, uh, my favorite is the hair bear bunch. Oh, and they were like like Hanna Barbera, I think, kind of like a, a third rate, you know, a JV okay. one of their cartoons, and they had like these southern accents, and they were I think they played as a band, and they you know it was back when like cartoons were made where the theme song to the cartoon uh-huh. was more important than the cartoon and took up half of it was because <laughs> they would have like thirty minutes. But only twenty two because commercials, and they they jam three cartoons into twenty two <laughs> minutes, and each one would have like a two to three minute theme. So they're just writing like you know blackouts basically, <laughs> and sticking it together with these themes. So anyway, for for all those reasons, like bears certainly comes to mind. I mean, I love tigers; is probably my favorite animal. But I can't think of, I, I don't think I would. I mean, cats. There's already a large yeah. variety of them, and I don't really. I'm not that interested in it. And then, like, I like, um, there's already a good range of, like, different different chimps and monkeys and stuff. Yeah. Um, which are another animal that I, like, if I go to a zoo, I'm going to look at bears, I'm going to look at tigers, mm-hmm. or big cats, and I'm going to look at monkeys. Yeah. And then I, I enjoy, like, uh, you know, if you had, like, a wide variety of, like, sheep. Oh, okay. Who kind of did, like, a little different styles of sheep. And there's, like, an animal like a that kind of makes you me can laugh. Go, you can go... Because, like, a bear, you figure, like, I want to set that basically as the, the big edge, yeah. the bear we know, and then kind of down from there. Sheep, it feels like you could set the sheep we know in the middle yes. and go half bigger yeah. and half smaller Yeah, from I there. want a pocket sheep. Yeah, I, want I hear you. A, you know, big big old sheep. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. What, what was yours? I, I think, uh, thinking about it, I naturally tended to, like, a large animal that I like, and then the idea of having a smaller one that, yep. that I could want around. I'd love a backyard elephant. A little, a little like, you know, not dwarf or stunted, just regular. That's full size. A backyard pet elephant, I think would be awesome. I think they're kind and beautiful and smart and like soulful and, and everything. So it was set the elephant that way, you know what, just for the hell of it, set the elephant we know at about 85%. You can get a little bit bigger, not to like full out, um, fellowship of the rings, only fonts. Right. Um, but you know, get a little bit bigger and then, and then the other 85 range down. So you could have like a great pet elephant that, that you have around the house. Plus you're like dragging that thing into the room all the time and being like, well, we got to address (laughs) the elephant in the room (laughs) just constantly, um, having fun with those type of bits. So yeah, I I mean, I can't argue with that. I'd love to have a tiny elephant. Come on over to my house. We have to adjust the elephant in the room. Now get the hell out of my house. That's the only reason I wanted you here was to say that in front of you. All right. Um, and we're going to come back later, uh, and talk a little bit about some dogs, which you, you mentioned, but, um, for now, uh, TJ, here's the situation. You walk to a movie theater. Again, most of mine are Madagascar-themed. I okay. apologize, but uh, so be it. Uh, you walk to a movie theater. Three animated films are playing. Mm-hmm. 
All you can see is the title for now. That's all you know is the title. Okay. Which one do you pick? Which one would you pick second? And which one would you pick third if, if the first one's sold out? So the three titles are Skywriting. Okay. Uh, the second one is Rough and Tumble, but Rough is spelled R-U-F-F. Okay. And the third one is titled Salem. So those are your three options. Hmm. Which one are you going to see? And if that one sold out, what's your second pick? Okay. Man, I'm not. I I don't. I don't feel good about any of these. Okay. I don't feel great about them. You're not. You're not paying to see any of I'm, these if it was just blind. Yeah. It's like okay, rough and tumble. Like I feels like there's gonna be a dog in it, and I love dogs, but it also sounds like it probably is made for for children. Um, Salem. I kind of like partial to, but it also sounds like it could be a horror movie, and I don't like being scared. Yep. So I'm going to Skywriting. Skywriting was the first one? Uh, Yes, Skywriting. Skywriting. Okay. I'm doing that first, and then secondly, I'm going to go in order. It's the way you read them. Got it. I'm going to do Rough and Tumble second, second. yeah, and then Salem the third. All right, so now I'm going to add just some other little bits and pieces to see if it changes your Okay, great. Because you were... And and so now I'm going to say that Skywriting... Is is done by DreamWorks. Okay. Rough and Tumble yep. is done by the Cartoon Network. Okay. And Salem is done by Pixar. Okay. Now now what's your order if it's changed at all? I'm gonna it does change the order. I'm gonna go I'm gonna stick with Skywriting off the off the top. Secondly, I'll go with the Pixar movie because they just don't really seem to miss. Yep, and then I'm coming back up to the uh, to the cartoon to rough and tumble. So yeah, now I'm skywriting Salem rough and tumble. If I had made rough and tumble Pixar, yep, does that jump skywriting by DreamWorks? It it probably doesn't because regardless, even though you know what, a couple of whatever year it came out, my favorite movie, I thought it, like this movie is might be perfect was up. Certainly, the first ten minutes. I, I think that movie is like it might be perfect, yeah. but given the chance, still I'm gonna I'm gonna root for humans over cartoons, and so I think I'm still gonna stick with skywriting, and then and then do whatever the Pixar movie is after that. Right. It, the, the, it would totally jumble if if skywriting turned out that that was a cartoon. Then I'm going. Well, they're all animated. Okay. Okay. They're gotcha. All animated. Is DreamWorks just animation? I the, didn't know but that. It's from DreamWorks Animation. I should have been, oh, been more I'm clear. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Gotcha. I was thinking of DreamWorks as like Spielberg or something. It, like it that. is, but okay. they, they they then have an animation gotcha. studio. Oh, of all of those, I'm gonna then I'm going to Pixar. If if I'm going to Pixar number one, Got as it. soon as I find out that. Got it. So Pixar, it doesn't even matter the they title. They seem to be the height of you're the, going the, with the pinnacle them. of the of the yeah. form. I also I'm just laughing because I said like the first ten minutes of up. Are as good as it gets, and then it would be funny if you walked into up, and it's just, oh, it's just ten as minutes good as, from, it gets. as good as it gets, just for ten minutes, and then, and then they move what on. happened to Nicholson? Um, <laughs> all right, so now we have Rough and Tumble by Pixar. Yep, number one, number two is um, still Skywriting by DreamWorks. Yeah, and number three is Salem by the Cartoon Network. Yeah. So last thing I'll 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 give you to see if it changes uh, your view. So your your favorite Rough and Tumble by Pixar. You learned that the voices are done by Jay Baruchel, Whitney Cummings, and Gilbert Gottfried. That's the three top build voice talent. Who's on that. I, is it? Is it important for me to know who Jay Baruchel is? He's like um, How to Train Your Dragon. He's the real thin guy with uh, kind of a, a little bit of a pompadour. Um, he was in like, if you don't know, okay. I, I, I don't know if I uh, can can go through his filmography well enough. He was in. 
is I don't know. He's like hangs out with like Jonah Hill and some folks okay. like that. Um, okay, I think I know. I think I know who this is. Then the the second one, um, which was going to be uh, Skywriting by DreamWorks, okay. will say it's done by um, Seth MacFarlane, okay. John Ratzenberger, and Dame Judi Dench. Those okay. are your top three. Yep. And then yeah, Salem is got Philip Seymour Hoffman uh, mm. p- posthumously, his you know because it takes a while yeah. to get these animations done. Kate Blanchett and Idris Elba as the uh, as the three Fine. lead right. uh, voice. So that's talent. I mean that's the cast. That's the cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Gilbert Gottfried's voice. Okay, sure. I like it. Well, he's in a lot of animated movies, though. and I, I could listen to him, <laughs> no problem. So my one's gonna stay the same, but I think with that, no, you know what? Because I don't think. Well, I don't really know, I guess, how the Cartoon Network goes about their, you know, like what the quality of that will be. So maybe just for the sake of hearing Philip Seymour Hoffman do something on that, maybe I would, maybe I would bump that up yep. to two. Cause, uh, yeah, I don't know what the difference would be cast wise. If equivalent, you know, like is that, is that a 30% better cast, but it's going right. to be a 50% worse, worse done movie? And at some point, I think I forget who's doing the voice and just try and just end up watching the character. Yep. So I might, I might actually just stick to the same, stick to the same order regardless of the cast information. But so I that, love how you constructed that. Question. Well, so that that's where I came out too. So I'm not going to go through all my stuff. But when I I was just thinking about this and what I ended up being interested enough about it to bring it to to do today was, I decided that the um the ty- the it, in the end the cast was less important than the studio mm-hmm. that made it, even though for me uh, having like the Philip Seymour Hoffman cast is so much more intriguing than the, you know, Seth MacFarlane right. group or the Gilbert Godfrey. Right. Group. But ultimately I thought, you know, all those guys are and girls are going to be great to listen to. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to care more about the writer and yeah. the story and the animation studio that puts it all together. And then the title is, you know, yeah. kind of whatever. In a couple of weeks, oddly enough, I might have a question a bit like this for you. Right, yeah. Uh, let me ask you this as a follow up to that. Would would you rather, if you're going to go in and see an animated film, would you rather have a cast of all voices and names that you know and recognize or a cast entirely of no one you've ever heard and recognized? Oh, well, that's tough because I was certainly going to take the in-between. Okay. Where there's some people I know, because part of what I enjoy, especially if the movie's not really grabbing me yet, is, hey, what? Oh, who is that? Right. Who is that? And I, I do enjoy... Um, tracking that person down. And I don't know if I enjoy that or dislike it because half the time I'm so busy trying to figure out like who the hell is that voice that I'm not even really paying attention anymore until yeah. I figure out like, oh, it's goddamn Richard Dreyfus, Right. But I, I would say that I'm not distracted unless I'm not maybe that into the movie anyway, mm-hmm. in which case it's a nice side thing. But over, I'm going to take the latter. I'm going to take um, nobody I've heard of so that I yeah. can focus more on the story than on, on the actors that are doing it. And I almost always will prefer, like, if it's a TV show or something or a movie that way, because then I'm not thinking, like, wow, whatever. You know, like, McConaughey's doing a really good job playing this guy, and I just watch and listen to, like, what's going right. on as opposed to having that thought in my head. Yep, yeah, agreed. What, how are we doing on time, Rush? We're good. We got, uh, I think you'll do one, and then we'll have one more each. Okay, great. Um, oh, then you're you're... You're mad at gas cars, good, buddy. Good. You're 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 furious at them, and in fact, you're furious at all fio- fossil. You're furious at all fossil fuels. Okay, you want them done. So so you start converting everything you can to battery power. Okay. Cool. You're going yep. battery, 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 including yourself. So here's the situation. 
Um, you've considered converting your own body to battery power. Okay. And this is the, the point at which you've gotten your own technology to. Okay? okay. Every day you wake up, you feel energized and rested on this battery. All day long, you have all the energy you need to do whatever you want to do without fatigue, the need to rest, eat, or sleep. So if you wanted to play tennis for 16 hours in the the 90 degree heat today, you have no problem. But it's an exactly 16 hour battery. And wherever you are on the second that 16 hours hits, you are out, down, and unwakeable for the next eight hours. Do you go ahead and do it? Hmm. I think no, only because of, I think I would die pretty quickly. Uh, I don't know that I have the self-discipline to guarantee that I'm in a spot in a bed Mm -hmm. um, where I'm not going to crumble over on the street and then who knows what anyone, what may happen to me. Okay. Because, so my first thought was going to be, well, I mean, there are days where I have to work more than 16 hours. Those are pretty rare, but it comes up. I was just entering some time. And I had a 17-hour day, which is rare, but I had that a little while ago, Mm -hmm. where I got to work at, you know, basically six in the morning to prep for a presentation, and we went all the way to midnight. Yep. Um, And so in that, but those are rare enough that I also think I could be like, hey, guys, sorry. And also, I'd be so productive during that day. Oh, you'd be cranking. So so then I I was like, I guess I don't have to worry about that I give up my lunch hour, you know, here we go. Right. Although sometimes what I'm doing is, you know, you, you... you can't not you, you can't do it on your own, so yep. you can't speed it up. But I, I just think the safety issue would be too big of a problem for me because um I, I sometimes will be like, Okay, Rush, you are gonna go to bed by eleven PM every day for this month. That's just a goal that you have. Like some like some months I'll be like, I'm not gonna drink alcohol for this month. Mm-hmm. I I'd never have a problem with that. I always okay, no problem. dry January, whatever. Can get through that. But I have never once gone 30 for 30 on uh-huh. making it 11 p.m. bedtime. The month Never where you're like, I'm going to run top speed everywhere, bad month. That was right. that day. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to run absolute sprint everywhere I go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I've chosen some really bad <laughs> experimental months. You know, the one that's like, no bathroom. Right. I basically did that at summer This camp. month, I'm only going to throw stuff. I'm not going to hand anything to anyone. I'm only going to throw stuff to somebody. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Here's I should really file. just try to focus on things that would improve my life instead sure. of just random stuff. Right. But I'll be like, I'm going to ring every doorbell I see this month. That's a rough one. You know, you walk through any part of town and you're just ringing away. Uh, it was a terrible one. I'm, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm only going to take the stairs. That's a rough month. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I, I'm going to have to say no. I mean, I love it. I, I want this battery really badly, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to survive uh, because. You know, I mean, you, you you could try to make sure that you're in decent spots, but, you know, there's just going to be times where that battery runs out yeah. and I'm in a uh, compromised yeah. position. I hear you. Yeah. How about you? you? Can you take it? No, mostly for the unwakeable thing. There There, there is going to be oh, some, yeah. there's going to be some day where I'm like, I'm going to be needed an hour 20. You know, something's going to happen in the middle yeah. of the night. Beth thinks someone's in the house. Yeah. Something happens to a loved one. You know, we got to go to the hospital or whatever. And if I'm unrousable for that time, that that's mostly what does it for me. You know, or yeah, you're if, just if, off eight hours. Yeah, you know, if our dog was if our dog was sick and it happened in the middle of the night, and we have to go to the you know to the to the vet hospital or whatever, and I'm just yeah. like unrousable. I mean, Beth could do it. 
She could, but it's a it's a shitty thing to make someone do by themselves. Yeah, you know? but you're like, I mean you're doing sixteen hours of great work every day, and she's so, she's so this single guy who wouldn't do it because he might have to work the seventeenth yeah. hour. Well, right. Well, I think no parent could do it, right? Like, or at least not if you get like a no. kid under eight. Yeah, you know you can't you can't have this. You, you know, if you could exchange the battery every other day, then you know yeah. to to. From from the husband to the wife, I don't know, but yeah, yeah. the unwakeable thing scares me. Uh, you know, that's a good point. Yeah. All right, so uh, TJ, um, we this is the first one of these podcasts that we are recording yep. after we began releasing correct some of these episodes, and uh, we have told people that you can email us at yep. here's the situation podcast at gmail dot com. Correct. You can send it. You can email us about anything yep. you want, but one thing had- you. Four people do it. Oh, at least. Yeah. At least. And uh And I mean I'm saying that's a good thing. That's not I'm not saying that as like, eh, and we've got four. I'm saying right. we people have done it. Yes. And we're thrilled by it. Yes. And so we enjoy getting these. And from time to time we will put on um either we'll we'll do yours directly yep. if you send it in, or maybe it will lead to uh, an interesting thought, and then we'll kind of convert uh, yours into a, uh, into a situation that we like. And so this will be the first one of uh, that's inspired by our our uh, listener uh, Jeff, good friend of mine, yep. who sent in, who was our first person who ever very emailed first. Us. And even with the emails, um, we have divvied them at random. That you that's get the right. first half the alphabet, I get the second right. half the alphabet. So you even don't if know it's an suggestion. email, I still have not read the situation that comes over email. Exactly. Okay, so here's the situation, yep. inspired by my friend Jeff. Thank you, Jeff, for doing this. Okay. So dogs have become uh, sentient. They can speak. They can Ooh. organize. Uh-oh. And they have, for whatever reason, formed a government okay. that is basically parallel to our government. All it's, right. uh, you know, for for better or worse, that's what these dogs have done. Yeah. I want to know what breed of dog... Yeah. is in the following positions. Okay. What breed of dog is president? What okay. breed of dog is vice president? What breed of dog is secretary of state? What breed of dog is secretary of defense? Okay. And what breed of dog is chair, uh, you know, of staff? What, okay. What's the term there? Chief of staff? Chief of staff. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Great. Um, president's a basset hound. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, VP is a Boston Terrier. Okay. All right. And I like that ticket, by the way. Uh, yeah, I, you're I, voting. You're already... They I got also, your vote. I have a pretty fiery VP. I want okay. a VP that actually has something going and has the vim and vigor to take over the presidency if anything should happen, because Basset Hounds look like they're always a heartbeat away from dying. Yeah. Now, I'm mine is going to be what I'm predicting occurs, because the dogs are making their own choices. Oh, gotcha. Right? Okay. So this is not what you pick. This is what you think would be most likely the case for these dogs. Well, then then, then they're all going to be Goldens. <laughs> if dogs pick, like, Goldens are like... <laughs> their personality is too yeah. winning it's all going to be golden retrievers and labs it's all going to be five, like no one's going to no one's going to ever elect a terrier in the oh, dog no. world they're too they're too you know like got to have a different breed barky and you know one. barky and stuff so this this is if i guess these are the way i started so it's the way i'll go yeah, through the rest can, is that they were basically the personalities and stereotypes I put on That's dogs. Great. I love it. So, so the Basset has the stately, you know, gravitas sure. of that appears to, um, that you know appears to be able worthy of that office. Yeah. He got a, he got a younger, fiery VP um, to 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 be in the office. The Secretary of State. Um, I'm gonna put a I'm gonna put a a, a lab there. Okay. Um, I think 
that would be a good person to help broker international international relations and is an aff- is affable but also the size size of a pup and you know that it could also mean business if it wants to it's also a tireless tireless good. worker i like it um secretary of defense i'm gonna go real stereotypical here i'm putting adobe uh, that's Dobie. what i got yeah i got that's adobe. what i got doberman pincher yeah. right in there I got maybe adobe german there. shepherd was my second yeah but doberman and then as chief of staff i'm between two okay. and i'm choosing this one for brains yeah, um i want no a super smart Super smart there. I don't necessarily like the look of a standard poodle, so I'm not going to go that way. Yep. I'm going to put a Jack Russell is is chief of staff because I think they're smart as hell and Good. also seem to be like the tireless kind of like go-getter that's going to be there all hours, work deep into the night. Right. Uh, I love Great it. Great question, so by the he, way. This is a phenomenal love it. question. Love it. So here, here are my, here's what I got. Okay. So first of all, every time you see a big dog and a little dog together, the uh-huh. little dog's in charge. Yeah, always. Yeah, true. Like we used to sing like big dog, little dog, da 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 da, and they'd come down and just always yeah. the little dogs can. Little dogs it. think think they can are the heavyweight champ of the world, and yeah. big dogs think they can sit fit still fit on your lap. Exactly, almost almost, uh, almost every time. So I've got some sort of little like Benji type terrier, something like that mm-hmm. that's that's running it um, yep. as the little dog uh, president. Then my VP, I went with just like we're just gonna have like kind of a a, a happy go lucky. Golden okay. Lab, big old golden slobbery Golden Lab. Um, for Secretary of Defense, I agree. We went Dober. I went Bo- Doberman Pinscher. For Chief of Staff, I had a very similar thinking, which led me to Border Collie, okay, which I great. think is like the smartest dog. Yep, and would have very high energy and would be able to like you know keep things running. And people would turn to that Border Collie yep. with with a lot of respect, I think. And then on Secretary of State, um, where I came out there. <laughs> Was uh, I? I just got in a conversation about this, and it just cracked me up. So I was like, "I gotta have. I want one of those Saint Bernards with oh, the brandy sure. yeah, around the his barrel, neck, yeah. the whole barrel around his neck, and then he's just going out and like, kind of like, uh, you know, whining and dining. It's a goodwill. He's always on a goodwill right. trip. Yeah, yeah. And, and you just the the Saint Bernard comes in. Who's ever been like, oh, I don't like Saint Bernards? Yeah. you know what I mean. They're just you send him to North Korea. Like, you're you're still having a good time, right? You know. Now, and what I want to see is a picture of these guys. Playing playing the the West Wing card game, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the private the private Situation Room card game that these guys. <laughs> and so I think we'll probably agree on this one. Yeah. Another group of dogs organizes over in England. Who? What breed? You know, is, you know, what breed is? What breeds the I mean, Prime Minister? Winston Churchill was a British <laughs> bulldog. A, a was bulldog. an English bulldog. Of course, it's a bulldog. We know that. It's a hundred percent. Always will be. He's there, all, and he's in a suit. All English he's, bulldogs should be named Winston. Yeah, he's always in a suit. Always yeah. in a suit. Okay, great. <laughs> so, thank you, Jeff. That was uh, that was based on um, Jeff talking about dogs getting sentient, and then I wanted to. I added. I, I wanted to know what breed. <laughs> what breed gets what roles. All right, so here's the last one that we mentioned at the very top of the show. Great, uh, and we will just we will always do this. The first one we mentioned will be the last the last one we serve. That's right. So um, this is a Madagascar um, one. So here's the situation: due to some cryogenics on your end and a semi-apocalypse on the Earth side, you awake in the year 2460 to a world with a decimated past. You, um, just by virtue of being you know alive at this time, become the world's leading expert of pop culture of your lifetime. Okay. An acolyte of the World Library approaches you with a partially destroyed copy of the script from Madagascar and asks you to fill in some of the missing lines. Okay. So I will give you a line that is from Madagascar. Great. And I'll need you to provide what you think the next line is. That's great. Because number one, I loved Ready Player One, which I think of that as like, you know, being the 
you know, ambassador of pop culture type situation. And number two, have not seen Madagascar. So <laughs> neither have I. Doesn't matter. It won't stop me from giving you the character name who speaks the line preceding tears. Yeah. Uh, no, I'll get him right. So this Look, is I, I have to Melman. Yes. And he's coming out of a public bathroom. Ah, uh, Melman. And he says, oh, you guys won't believe it in there. They got these neat little drinking spots. And look, free mints. Wait, so I, he says that. Yep, he says that. So you say the line that, that, that comes after that in the script. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Okay, so we've got to go back and do yeah. it. But, but is it somebody else or Melman still it's talking? It's someone else. Got it. So it's, it'll, it'll conclude at the line spoken to you. And so this is the line that is it. in response to, to this line. Very good. That is burned or you know destroyed by water in their, in their original script of Madagascar. Great. Okay. So it's, oh, you guys won't believe it in there. They got these neat little drinking spots. And look, free mints. Melman, if I've told you once, I've told you a thousand times, those aren't mints. Those are bacteria. Great. Thank you. Um, Marty the Zebra says, oh. says this. Ah, oh, a thermometer. Thanks. I love it, Melman. I love it. You're welcome. But here's the thing. I took my temperature before. And I did it at the wrong place. <laughs> right. uh, Mel- Melman's of always Melman, yeah. screwing up. You know what I mean? Like eating the wrong stuff. It's another Marty the Zebra line for oh, you. Yeah, man. He was popular. Yeah. Too. Yeah. He has a lot of the great lines. Okay. A lot of great setup lines. Did you ever think that there might be more to life than steak, Alex? Yeah. Chicken and fish. Mm-hmm. I bet that that's the actual line. And oh, and yep, it turns out Alex is a lion, so he's probably into his proteins. Yep. And here's the last one. Okay. What does Connecticut have to offer us? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the basketball hall of fame. That's not even right. <laughs> That's spring, this is Springfield, Massachusetts. But that was great the thing. insurance. There was a great historical <laughs> accident. Back in, uh, in, that's what I would tell them in 2460, is back when they made Madagascar, there was a historical accident where briefly the Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield, uh, Massachusetts, was moved to Connecticut. Yeah, I guess Hartford Insurance. The Mark Twain home, I guess. I I don't know. know. Like, you know, people commuting from New York. We encourage you guys to visit Connecticut. (laughs) Find out an answer for yourself. That's right. (laughs) This was Here's the Situation. For Rush Howell, this was TJ Jagodowski. We hope to talk to you again at some point. Some credits. Nate DeFort helps us with the producing. Uh, Julie Nichols did our music. Emily Cardamus did the artwork for us. And we are at Here's the Situation Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to email us, uh, email us. We've already gotten a few great, great situations. So please, uh, please keep it coming. Feel free to rate and review us. Uh, we are at Apple Podcasts and other places that podcasts are found. Anything I'm forgetting, Rush? No, sounds great. All right. Talk to you soon.